Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. Technically, I'm still on vacation, but in the interest of getting out a podcast episode, I thought I'd play this interview that I had with Steve Hollis down in Seattle. I went down and visited uh, the Corner offices. You may remember Corner. They are a smart home security startup, an ultra-low-cost home security solution based on a, an innovative one-piece sensor, as well as a, a piece of technology that plugs into your home router that allows you to get in and create home security for your home for less than 100 bucks. And we had a podcast episode interview with Steve Hollis probably about a year ago now, but they're actually getting to the point where they're ready to ship. They've went to manufacturing. We catch up on that. And he's actually, and they are actually ready to open up shipments and, or orders to a broader set of consumers beyond their Indiegogo backers. So you can check them out at cornersafe.com. And so I went down there uh, to their offices on Lower Queen Anne in Seattle, just a stone's throw away from where I went to college at Seattle Pacific University. Uh, and uh, it's a, it was a cool, cool office, a little industrial space. They share an office with a company called Meld, a smart kitchen startup. So I had, actually had a chance to do a two-for-one special, had a conversation with the folks from Meld, and then also had a conversation with Steve from, from Corner. But if you're interested in the process of creating a smart home startup, going through crowdfunding and getting to manufacturing, Steve and I talk about that process for them, get into the nitty-gritty about that. Again, it's not our normal podcast interview. It's a little less formal, and we're having a conversation in his office using a mic that's not the best mic. But I thought you might enjoy this conversation as we catch up over lunch about what they're doing at Corner. You can find more about Corner by going to cornersafe.com, corner spelled with a K, cornersafe.com. Check them out. And again, if you want to order their product, you can very soon. Check them out. If you want to listen to more Smart Home Shows, you know where to go. Go to thesmarthomeshow.com. You can find us at technology.fm. And as always, find us in your usual podcast spaces on your mobile app, uh, in iTunes, etc. I'm off to Vegas for a few days. I hope wherever you are, you're enjoying summer and having a few days off yourself. Here's my conversation with Steve Hollis. We joined the conversation as he's updating me on where they are on the manufacturing process and the production process for their corner sensor. Let me tell you where we are at in production. So those 3,000 systems that were purchased on Indiegogo are literally in Batam in mid-production right now in Batam, Indonesia. And Did you go out there yourself? We have not. Okay. And in retrospect, I just sent out uh, an update to my Indiegogo folks. In retrospect, that was somewhat of a mistake because there were relatively small issues that took us uh, a couple of weeks to resolve. Yeah. And if we sent some guys over, it would take us two days to resolve. Uh, they're minor issues. We've gotten through them. But it's just the little bit of language, the, um, uh, you know, the time zones and everything else. You know, I, I like to say... It basically was taking us three days to get through three hours of troubleshooting, basically, because of that issue. Because it was, yeah. yeah, it was a total pain. But crazy hours for you, probably. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just some issues there. I mean, but regardless, they're, they're behind us now. And so they're just banging up tags and sticks, and they should be uh, hitting our shores uh, next week or the week after. And we'll turn around and immediately send them out to our Indigo contributors. So that is happening right now. What you see up in the corner is basically sort of a, um, a first article run of those same tags that are being run in Indonesia right now. So that's definitely the production version up there. Mm -hmm. And um, in addition, we've announced 
that we are uh, going to be available uh, publicly in August. And so we are now taking pre-orders on our website for that. And um, we have already started per purchasing long lead components for that manufacturing run and everything. So we're committed to it. It's happening. And um, uh, we're moving So forward. people are ordering off of your website. People are in August. And they'll, if they order, they'll get them when? In, in August? Or in August. August. Yes. Wow. For delivery in August. Yeah. So um, now let me show you the tag very uh, briefly. Um, Basically, as you can see, it's up in the corner of the window here. Now, the way it works is you can just slide off this cover, uh -huh. and um, you can replace the battery without removing the tag. Oh, it's cool. very convenient. And you, just, and you heard a beep in the background there. That's because the tamper switch went off. There's this little tamper switch in there. So uh, then I can slide this thing back on, and then you're good to go. And as you can see, it kind of fits nicely right in the corner there. We have on this window a bit of a obstruction here, but... Uh, it's, it kind of fits in there kind of neatly. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like a little tough with the, all that light coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the tag. And we, uh, you know, the stick is actually in a router over the, there. Behind. The fob. The fob. Yeah. Well, we now call it the, the stick. stick. Right yeah. behind the fob. Yeah, it used to be the fob. Now it's the stick. Uh, so the How many meetings did you have to go from fob to stick? Was that a legal, was that a big decision? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we did. First of all, people, we have fob, and everyone was like, what do you mean, like a key fob? And we yeah, kept answering yeah. that question, we got tired no, of it, so we're yeah. like, okay, we got to change this. The and then stick, it's just, at the end of the day, the inspiration behind this whole concept around the stick was that it's like a USB stick, and you just stick it, you just plug it in somewhere. Is it? Is it Ethernet out? Ethernet. Okay. It's which Ethernet, which is kind of unusual, right? Because there's not every router has USB. Some do. Not exactly. Any. And we wanted it to be ubiquitous, right? You could plug it in anywhere, including anywhere outside of North America. We wanted this thing to be ubiquitous. So doing the Ethernet drivers to your, your stick, was that a lot of work? I mean, or was that... Yeah. Yeah. It was, surprisingly. I mean, that was way more work than um, the Zigbee stuff. Believe it or not, the the wireless Zigbee stuff. Because with Zigbee, with Scilabs, you get a stack, right? Yeah, and they, you can work yeah. with it. Ethernet is just an animal on its own, and it took us a long time. <laughs> and what our stick does as well is when you plug it into the router, it discovers our servers, and then it discovers you on your app when you log in with your account, all on its own. So when you what you do is when you set it up, and this is very important, it's simplicity of use is key here. And so you plug that stick in first, and then when you set it up initially, and then you go on your app and you log in, and by the time you get logged in to the app, it's basically the stick has already found the servers in your okay. account and is hooked up and you don't do anything. You don't press a button or anything, and boom, your stick's set up. Really? Okay. That's all you do. And then what it does is it says next apply the tags. And then all you do there, you take a tag, you take off the adhesive strip on the back, you stick it on, and then you just slide off that cover like I showed you, take the battery strip out, because the batteries are slide the tag on, and as soon as you slide it on and it triggers that tamper switch, it then starts looking for the stick and sets everything up all on its own. So literally you do nothing. And then you just type in the name of your stick. And then you're done. Is it like in a search, you know when you're pairing with Bluetooth, it's actually in a pairing mode at the point? Yes. I'm just wondering if like Yes. Uh, we're in a world where recording gets so popular that you have a hundred million, like, so like in close proximity apartments, like you don't want to necessarily want someone else to sense right yeah. on your stick. So, I mean. Yeah. So what we do there is that there's a sequence in the app that's, that, uh, for your tag setup. And then there's instructions on where to put the tag. 
And then once you put it on, you go next. Okay. As soon as you press next, that's a signal for the stick to go in pairing mode. Okay. So it and then there's the pairing mode. It's like a blue So there's a pairing mode. mode for that brief period of time where you slide off the cover, pull the battery, just slide back on. As soon as you slide back on, then they're paired, and then the pairing mode goes off again. Okay. And then you go to install the next tag, and then it gets it opens up again. So you got to be... So I don't want my alerts going off and my neighbor's windows going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we thought about that. That's exactly why we did that. People would not like that at all. Um, so, so that's basically how you set it up. So really what defines our product is that ease of setup. So you can set up this thing in like minutes. And we did a study. There's a blog post we have on our website about this. Um, we looked at reviews of other products and looked at how long it takes to set up other products, like Simple Safe and that kind of thing. They're all over 45 minutes. We're like a couple of minutes. That's it's, it's like a, it's it's unbelievable. And then of course our price point for three tags, 59 up front, 39 a year. That first year cost of hundred dollars. Everyone else is over 200. So we're uh, we're very very differentiated in those two perspectives. We view ourselves as really. Expanding the addressable market for home security and a smart home. Yeah, you guys are the lowest that I've we're, seen. Yes, and by design. We're kind of and like, we're a very simple product too, right? We're very simple, but that's by design. And But we've already got a roadmap in mind in terms of accessories that we can add on to that. But what we want to do is offer people a really easy entry point. And um, this goes back to some of your uh, comments recently on your newsletter about you know some of the uh, troubles in the smart home. <laughs> rough waters. Yeah, the rough waters. And we really believe that, um, and my belief is that essentially what's happening there is the early doctor crowd is getting a little saturated and now it's looking to kind of burst out beyond the early adopter crowd. And I, my belief is the price point, the complexity still isn't there still for, high, yeah. for, for just the regular person. And also, and that's what we're you guys, about. I think some consumers just have a hard time, uh, grasping what this smart home system is going to do. Mm-hmm. Specifically, it's, if it's like kind of a Swiss Army knife of like, oh, I can do a lot of different things. Yeah, That's confusing. That. Yeah, Yours yeah. is so hyper-targeted. Yes. Like, it's like, Sorry. it's very simple. That's Two minutes set up, I can, three windows are protected. Yes. And you know what's interesting? We did another blog post about this, actually. And uh, there's um, stats that show that the home security is the killer app for the smart home. And because it's something everyone's familiar with, and if you can get it to the right price point, it's the entry point for a lot, for a lot of regular people who aren't into technology and stuff. And then there's really interesting stats around essentially the smart home being the killer app for Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, if you look at it, our view is everything starts really with home security because it's things that people are familiar with. Yeah. There's a need for it and that kind of thing. So yeah. that's really what we're after. And I think, uh, like, I tend to look at it like the battle is almost room by room and kind of application by application. Like, so, so many people, like, thought of the smart home, like, okay, it's the smart home, it's this holistic thing. Yeah. Like, there's this really interesting battle with Meld going on for the kitchen. Like, because like, yeah. that's a really, and there's, like, a whole community built around this, the kitchen. And then there's the security application. And now, assisted living. I think, I think it was Nortech is announcing this, um, Maybe it's to, they made an acquisition for assisted living, so the the elder care side of things. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think you make a good point. And essentially, what it's about initially is point solutions for specific needs, as opposed to just coming at people with, "Hey, look at this, look well, at this." Yeah, big thing. the target of a particular part of the the, mar- the home, mm-hmm. like like Blossom came out initially with the you know, connected irrigation system, but they're, they're like, our company is just about the outside of the smart outside of the house. Well, it makes sense. Like all these different things around water sensing, 
outside sensing. Yeah. That could be a very specific division or a company, you know, right, into right. and of itself. Yeah. So. And what I, what I find interesting about that whole sort of theme is that if you look at, like, HomeKit, for instance, they've, they've recently had an announcement of a few products that have come out on HomeKit. And this is yet another thing I blog about, because this is a big theme that we like to focus on, is, is that, you know, how accessible this stuff is to regular people. And if you look at that, I, I think it was Lutron, I think there was um, a device that was over 200 bucks um, that was compatible with HomeKit, but for that to really work effectively, you needed Apple, you needed the Apple TV box, and then one sensor you needed on top of that. I added it all up, and to get into the smart home yeah. in, from, in the, from that direction, you needed to spend 350, 400 bucks. And so, and then that, someone, there, there down the road, there, someone's going to be disappointed, like a, a VP yeah. somewhere. Why am I not moving units? And some product yeah. manager's going to get fired. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. they never did the math. Before. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. When you do that math, it's pretty crazy. And um, so that goes back to the this this holistic approach first. Yeah. I think is going to be a little. No, I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost ready to write the article. Like, is, has HomeKit hurt the smart this year? Because I feel like everyone is waiting on it, and like. We're still only at four products. And like, yeah. For whatever reason, I think Apple, Apple underestimated how difficult it's going to be to hurt like 400 cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it just surprised me because Apple's a hardware company. Yeah. Like, because obviously I believe in the smart home. It's a great space. Why? Yeah, you know, I can kind of see what Google, what they were doing. But I, it surprised me that Apple came at it with a, with a software platform and not with the things. But the things. Yeah. Yeah. I do think they're going to have some sort of news in fall around maybe a new Apple TV that is HomeKit enabled, but still, like, the, the ecosystem that they're watering and feeding is growing very slowly. Yeah. So, yeah. Because yeah. everyone, everyone is, like, putting a lot of hope and, and dreams into the future around HomeKit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if you look at our solution, obviously, it's a point solution, but we're literally targeting uh, renters, students. Like someone who's like a waitress at a restaurant yeah. that's kind of worried about safety because they don't want to be It's a huge addressable market. Yeah. I mean, and then there's overseas too, right? So, but the US, I don't know if you, I'm not a, I had a conversation with, uh, Cameron Robertson. He's, that was really interesting. A Lockertron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they basically 10,000 units into their backer shipments. Mm-hmm. They basically said, this product's not working. We need to go back to the drawing board and do a, a Bluetooth lock. They originally did a Wi-Fi lock. Mm-hmm. And they said they never. I mean, you should listen to the podcast because it's very instructive for people doing uh, crowdfunding campaigns. But he goes, uh, I think he had the point that uh, you know the 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 Nest approach is like replace your own, but we're evolving towards more kind of retrofit approaches. We're actually very smart, like because I, I I'm a big fan of the Roost Smart Battery. Like, okay, why throw out hundreds of millions of smoke alarms when you can just put a battery in there with Wi-Fi? Yeah, it, I saw that. And yeah. and save it. The environment from all this like toxic stuff yeah. down in the landfills, and like I have ten smoke alarms. I'm not going to replace ten smoke alarms. So you got ten smoke alarms from some big house. Well, it's just I, I moved in there, and like there's like multiple ones like on one every yeah. two levels. So, but but just like there's a lot of people like me with five smoke alarms. Thirty yeah. miles, a lot of smoke alarms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, we got a big bin of batteries somewhere back here yeah. because we do all this testing and stuff, and we don't know exactly what to do with them either. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem. Um, yeah, so, uh, but, you know, the, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I just view us as having kind of like a different, a, a, a pretty unique approach in terms is, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, in terms of, uh, price and ease of use. So we're kind of like, 
a little separated from the pack. And I think sometimes uh, folks uh, like yourselves in the media don't quite know what to make of us, you know, because we're... I do. No one else Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's why you're here talking to us. We invited you over for lunch and everything. But um, it's just because we're relatively low feature. We're not trying to wow people with artificial intelligence. We're just... Right. uh, Yeah. And... um, uh, you know, I think, yeah, but I think customers, I think, are getting it, and uh, that remains to be seen at public launch. But uh, are you guys thinking about your your kind of your campaign going into the end of the year? Are you going to like try to get into like lifestyle magazines and kind of like talk? Yeah, media Well, yeah. So we're, um, we're we're starting to think about that, and uh, you know, we, we we kind of first we start with where we think um, our core sort of demographic is. And we, we really believe, for instance, renters as an obvious one, people with apartments. Uh, Have you thought about creative approaches around colleges? Like, uh, yes. Like, so like universities would be a great. Yes. Uh, and not only, yes, universities, but we think actually one of the best ways to get to students might be to advertise to their parents. I mean, if you have a parent whose daughter just left for school and she's living alone for the first time, um, we suspect, and some of our, uh, so, some level of research has confirmed this, that it's really the parents that would really be enthused. Because you imagine, because the other element of our product is once you set it up, you can create a security circle. And what you do is it takes you into the context of your phone, you select friends, family, and neighbors. And uh, that's what's called your security circle. At the time of setup, we send an email to each one of those people and say you're now part of the security circle. We explain what it is. But then at time when there's an intrusion, you get an alert, and with the press of one button, you can forward that alert to everyone in your security circle. So that could be... And can you automate that to where it's automatic goes to the security circle? So what you can do with each member of the security circle, you can say either send them a notice at the same time I get it, so that could be a family member. So parents would love that, that they're getting at the same time as as whatever their son or daughter is. Um, But also you could say send after two minutes if I haven't addressed the alert, so maybe, you know, my phone's you know, my gym bag and I'm working out or something, or else uh, don't send it to them unless I forward it to them. So you can choose how you want to do that with each person. Um, but, uh, and, and really what that does is that displaces the call center, the the, the, the traditional notion of, of a call center, right? And it makes things a lot cheaper, which is what we're really trying to do. Um, and what's really interesting on that front is that we just sent out a sh- shipping survey to our um, Indiegogo folks to make sure we had the right address and everything else. But in addition, we asked them a bunch of questions. And one of the questions we asked them was, uh, which accessories would they like to see next from us in terms of our roadmap? And we put 11 different items there. And what was a crazy item? What's that? Well, any kind of just crazy out of left field item. Uh, do we have any crazy other? Do we have all that? Okay, Anything out of the security space? Like, okay, well, I want connected oven mitt. Or, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, any, anything, or is it all we should, have, we should have put that in just as, as if nothing less, as if nothing else, a, t- a test yeah. that people are, like, actually Absolutely. looking at what they answer. Yeah. And this is your yeah. backers? What was the response rate? Was yeah. Uh, so it was good. Yeah, like, uh, we had 3,000 contributors thus far, about half of them have answered. That's pretty good. But okay. what was really interesting was, um, the, the one that they had the least interest in by far, it had half the interest of the next lowest uh, item, was paying an extra $10 a month for call center uh, yeah. backup. Really? Nobody wanted anything to do with that. And it was That's fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. I think yeah. it's like, my theory has been that 
you know, millennials kind of use the, kind of the term for the, the younger demographic, me being an older mm-hmm. guy, but they're a DIY generation in that they feel like technology can handle it. Yeah. Like, so why do I need exactly. a, a person in a call center um, when technology is going to alert me? And yeah. Like, so, but yes, I agree. But the other thing was, is we asked people their age and the two biggest age brackets were, uh, 35 to 45 and 45 to 55, and then the 25 to 35 came third. So, they're so I think like you maybe also cater to, uh, as I'm, as I'm just changing my that's a consultant for you. <laughs> yeah. no. uh, but I think maybe also you, you, you kind of appeal to the D, uh, DIY type of person. Yeah, right? well, I think this is an Indiegogo campaign, so these are early adopter yeah, types yeah. and technophiles, so I think that might have a lot to do with it, but, um, but I think, but I think your statement holds where we go to the general marketplace, the younger demographic, I totally get this, and they, they'll see the security struggle thing and they'll say, why do I need this call center thing? And the other issue with call centers is you, you kind of lose control, and so there's this whole nightmare of you're coming home and all of a sudden there's this like police cars parked at different angles in front of your your, uh, your front door and yeah. you know and all that. It's like, what mm-hmm. happened? You know? I mean, I think if you have that option for like, the girl with the stalker, you know, if I can have a call center option, like that might be an appealing thing. Yeah. Right? So, so and, and we're, th- you know, it's just, we're contemplating it, but we were to some extent before we got this feedback. But the so other you, thing so is, you were more so thinking, okay, we want that. And then I kind of opened your eyes a little bit. Well, I was skeptical to begin with. One of the reasons is because fundamentally this is meant to be, um, uh, to be a fresh look at home security, right. And, and, and to take a totally different approach. And so, to me, to some extent, it's a bit of a uh, compromise, you know, to, to, to actually turn around and, and offer call center security. So I was always a little against it. It's it kind of compromising our brand and our image to some extent by offering that. But then certainly with this data point, it, it kind of confirmed that that's going to be a little further back on our agenda yeah. uh, at the very least. So, But yeah, that was an interesting uh, data point. Yeah. Well, you guys are in a like, beautiful office here looking over. I went to college like literally a stone's throw away. SPU, but so we come down to the down here by the water to drink beer. Yeah, so uh, watch uh, the uh, tugboats, yeah, games, exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a cool space. Thanks for inviting me, and uh, so I'm excited for you guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we love it here. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Steve Hollis from Corner. You can find them at cornersafe.com. Corner with a K. If you haven't subscribed to the Smart Home Show, please do. We always appreciate it. Give us a review if you're feeling so inclined. And if you're going somewhere for vacation or on vacation, you're listening to the Smart Home Show, why don't you tweet at me at Michael Wolf on Twitter? Let me know what you're doing. Always interested to hear and have a conversation. All right, folks, off to Vegas. Hopefully I won't lose all my money and become homeless. If you don't hear from me in a few weeks, send for help. Bye, everyone. <laughs>